This week on the AI in Sales podcast, I speak with Stephen D'Angelo, who is the president of Worldwide Field Operations at Aviso. Now, Aviso is an AI opportunity management platform that helps managers and salespeople manage the deals in their pipelines. Now, using machine learning, Aviso is able to predict with a high degree of confidence which deals in a salesperson's forecast are more likely to close than not. In this episode, Stephen shares some fascinating insights into how the platform works and how companies are using it to forecast revenues and help drive and guide sales behavior. He also talks about using Avizo's platform to help companies increase their win rates by as much as 20% per quarter. Yes, you heard that right, 20% per quarter. And a you-gotta-be-kidding-me moment when Steven shares with me the platform's accuracy rate when it comes to forecast predictions. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Let's get binary. So, Steven, tell me a little bit about how Aviso came into existence and then your relationship with the company. Yeah, certainly. So, um, Aviso was started approximately five years ago by our founder, KV Rao. And it's an interesting story. KV had another startup uh, by the name of Zora, which recently went public actually. And when he was in that startup with three other or four other founders, he was in charge of the sales side of the world. And, um, and he was an engineer at heart. So he wasn't a sales guy. And one of the things that he realized as he was managing salespeople as they were growing is this process of forecasting is broken. And it got to a point where he, he understood that he's getting a little bit of white lies from the sales team about the forecast status, right? <laughs> so he went to one of his one of his friends who was a, a quant expert and said, is there a way that we can, you know, write some algorithms around sales activity, sales process in order to have a determining factor whether or not there's a likelihood of a deal closing? Now, and, you know, I just mentioned a few items, but there was thousands of items that they wanted to look at. Long story short, um, they start building this out. He started using it for Zora. And lo and behold, he was starting to get 90, 95% accuracy. And then it got to the point where Zora was moving in and bringing in other uh, business management. He said, you know what? I'm going to go start a new firm and I'm going to do this and bring this to market. And that's how it started. And he ran the business for, let's call it like three years. And then they brought in um, Michael Locke, who was the CEO. Um, you know, the typical transition founder in an area where they run the business for a while and then they bring in a business CEO and then Michael and I had worked before. So he brought me in as president of uh, field operations. So that's my role and that's how it started. And we're doing some great things with the area of AI and applying it to the whole sales process and forecasting. For my listeners, Stephen, you know, give me some, you know, give, give me a tangible example. One of those before and after stories, you know, hey, we found this company. Here's what they were struggling with, obviously getting accurate forecasting. Here's kind of what we did, and here have been some of the results. Can you, do you have one of those stories for me? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, we're fortunate. We've got uh, we've got quite a few. We've got clients like I said, Zora, MongoDB, Glassdoor, MicroStrategy, Dell. Let me use Dell. I mean, everyone knows Dell, huge global corporation. Um, Dell EMC, their renewals business, they were struggling with the whole forecast process, really a couple of parts of it. The first part of it was just the administration part because they were using spreadsheets and it was very cumbersome. So the efficiency was very low. And then, of course, forecast accuracy. Forecast accuracy was very low. And when we sat down with them in the beginning, 
and we looked at what their forecast accuracy was. It fluctuated. Some quarters it was okay. Other quarters, you know, it was like 60% accuracy, not that great. And they had to solve this problem. So we implemented a VISO. And not only did we streamline the whole process where they've eliminated spreadsheets, everything now is done through our collaborative platform, and we've been giving them over 90% accuracy each quarter. Then they also received another benefit. They changed the way in which they are doing all of their forecast calls and all of their pipeline reviews, because now they're using the AI insights about the status of their deals and how to improve the percentage of winning the deals. So conversations are much more productive during forecast calls and pipeline reviews. So there's a great scenario where a company as advanced as Dell is really was struggling with this process. Now they utilize our solution and they've changed the game. Love it. The uh, g Give me an ideal profile of a client that would use your product. Like, you know, when you guys go to market says, you know, Victor, this is the profile of an ideal client for us. So for my listeners, if they own a small, medium sized or large enterprise business that they're in, you know, who would use your product? Who's your best fit? Yeah, best fit are larger, complex, multinational companies. So when when you look at companies that have, I'll call it 100 salespeople or more, they have hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of deals in their quarterly pipeline, and they've got multiple ways in which they want to review their forecast. They just don't want to see it by VP and reps, right? They want to see it by global VP, geographical VP, national VP, maybe product VP, then it's then on the regions, and then it's the subregions, et cetera. They want to spin and view all of their forecasts in those various kinds of ways. And they've got lots of deals, as I mentioned, you know, hundreds, if not thousands or tens of thousands of deals a quarter. Because when you think about the problem of optimizing your pipeline, every sales organization, even very, very large ones, everybody knows your top 20% of your deals for the quarter, right? Everybody's on those. You may, if your executive's on them, you may even have some board members on those deals. And everybody knows their bottom 20%. The movable middle, as I call it, those that are in the middle of the pipe that really have an opportunity to move in a favorable way, they're the ones that get neglected. And when you have lots of deals in a quarter, more and more get neglected. So hence, the larger, the more volume, our AI really applies the best. You know, if you're a sales organization of 10, 15, 20 people, arguably, you really don't need us, right? Arguably, you're on top of every deal and you should be anyway, and you're probably applying some best practices. I'd say once you get to 50 salespeople, you start thinking about, okay, I need to optimize this. But certainly once you get to 100 and greater, that's where we're, that's a good fit for us. By the way, I, I love that phrase. Consider it stolen, the movable okay. middle. You know, very good. You could use right? that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. The you know when you look at you know the companies that have implemented your system, right? Started using the data. What have been some of the behavioral changes for the salespeople and maybe even the managers? Can you comment on those two types? Yeah. Yeah, Victor, it's a good one because more and more we're brought into those organizations to help them with best practices. And more and more we have consulting firms wanting to work with us to bring in sales process best practices. Because as we all know, you can implement technology, but if you don't change the behavior, if you don't adjust, you're not going to optimize. So a couple of things that are changing. First, I'll start with first line manager and rep. One of the big concerns reps always have, or frustrations, I should say, that, that most reps have, Victor, is that, you know, they say their time with their manager is not as productive. You know, the manager asks me the same questions on every deal and tells me what to do on the deal, and I try to go win it. Well, now with Aviso, you're getting that human intuition. You can still talk about the deal, but now you're getting some very clear analytics. One of the things that we have 
is what we call the Aviso win score. It is the statistical probability of you winning this deal. And then the next question, normally people ask, well, how can I trust that a score? And I will tell you, we do all kinds of audits. I'll save you the long story, but each time we do an audit, we're 96% or greater accuracy on the first day of the quarter, which means if we look at a deal, a bunch of deals and we use our AI and come up with a score, it's probability of the close on the first day of the quarter and then look at the end of the quarter, we're 96 or greater percent accurate. So you, we know you, if deals are closing or not. You got to just hit that number one more time. 96% accuracy? Yeah. So let me give you a little bit of a longer story to point to make the point. A few quarters ago, we did an audit it was over 77,000 opportunities were in our engine for all of our clients. And we, on the first day of the quarter, scored them all with our AI engine. What's the probability of these deals closing? Fast forward to the end of the quarter, we did an audit and we looked at deal by deal and we put them into quadrants, uh, 91 to 100% chance of closing, 81 to 90% chance of closing, et cetera. And when we did the audit, we were 96% accurate. 96%. It's amazing. It's amazing the data that are in the, the Salesforce automation systems and the way in which algorithms get applied to that data, how predictable it really is. We just all get really distracted. We're not using our data well. So back to your question, one of the, the behavior changes now is when first line manager sits down with AE, they're having productive conversations about this is why the AI is giving you a stronger score than you think you have. We have to go pull this deal into the quarter or you know what? The AI is telling us we've got some red flags on this deal that we're not talking about and we can't ignore these red flags because if we ignore them, this is how we lose deals or they get pushed or we get blindsided. So now that cadence changes. Then another behavioral change that goes on is management. Management now is able to look at their deals and quadrants. They're able to look at, okay, what deals am I expecting to close because my team hasn't been commit, but the AI is giving me some red flags as a manager. I can see what is that group. Now I can drill down into that group. Not only can I see the insights from the AI as to why they've got red flags, but now it's just alerting me. Then on the upside stuff, a big challenge we all have as sales leaders, how do I pull in more deals this quarter so I close more? Our deal mapping uh, enables you to be able to look at deals that have higher scores that the team is kind of ignoring. Again, that movable middle. Mm -hmm. And so that behavior change. And then finally, I'll say forecast calls are just more efficient. If you talk with global sales leaders, they will tell you that they are spending a significant amount of time. It's literally days a week going through pipeline and forecasting. And sometimes it's all day Friday or all day Monday. With the Viso, it's a lot tighter. I would say and very often we're cutting 30, 40, 50% off of those forecast calls because the data's there and they're managing it more tightly. So there truly are behavioral changes and some of those we help implement. Some of these uh, behavioral changes are implemented by some consultants as well. Yeah, I think it's fascinating how, you know, how one thing impacts the other. You can have a sales process, but once you stick to data and you look at the AI, the AI can now drive the sales process. So there's like this, I don't know, it's like this dual entity symbiosis back and forth going on. I think that makes it fascinating because it does change the way people behave. Now, in one of the eBooks I downloaded from a site, I'm gonna recommend all of my listeners who are listening to this, you gotta go to the aviso.com website, great content. But I wanna read the statement and then let's tie it back to performance and management. Uh, statement is to follow. Uh, they use the Aviso AI powered opportunity platform to close on average 20% more deals per quarter. That's companies that are using this. And they're talking about Dell, EMC, Splunk, Ring Central. And so talk to me a little bit about that, how they're actually increasing their deal closure per quarter. 
Yeah. Um, so all the things that we just spoke about, about having higher quality deal reviews, because the AI is providing insights about those deals, using our deal maps so we can pull in more deals and get better results of those of the movable middle, being more efficient on my deal selection with the AI. That's another big thing. When you look at great top performing salespeople, one of the things they do really well, they pick the right deals. They invest their time on the right deals. And our AI allows all salespeople to do that better. So when you combine all of those things, yes, we're helping organizations, sales organizations close 20% more deals with us than they did before us, which is obviously a huge value prop. Yep. I, I got a tough question for you. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one, but take a shot at it. Uh, I interviewed two CEOs from two separate AI companies, not competition, but they basically said something interesting that when salespeople are out in the field having conversations, Stephen, they said only 5% of that conversation, that data gets captured in the CRM, which in my mind obviously is a big hole, right? Mm -hmm. You know, can you speak to that? You know, the fact that we're not capturing that data, but yet you're still able to have a 96% accuracy rate. I'm trying right. to resolve those two statements right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one man's view, my experience. I don't think it's that low. I don't think it's it's 5% is, is being captured. Is there a need for more data in the CRM? Of, yes, there is. Now, one of the behavioral changes, I should have mentioned this one on that other question, is the, the AI and the insights on all of the deals that are managed through the forecast and pipeline reviews, the, the missing data becomes apparent very, very quickly. Um, going back to Dell, Jay Flanagan, who runs uh, sales operations there, he would say that when they started with a Viso and they would have their forecast calls and they would bring up a Viso and they start talking about the data that is there and the data that's not there, you know, they got salespeople that were stuttering on the other end of the phone. Lo and behold, 30 days later, everything gets a lot tighter. More data is inputted because now the salesperson sees the results and the value of getting more data into the CRM. I don't think this is a problem we're ever going to totally lick. I think that salespeople by nature don't always want to get all of the data into the CRM, but the power of the AI sees through that. As a matter of fact, we're able even to see what we call dirty data. We're able to see when data in a particular deal just doesn't look right. And we surface that so that managers, AEs can, can adjust it. So I think there's always improvement, but the power of the AI is the data does not have to be totally clean. Got it. And I love the fact that you mentioned that the behavioral change in the salesperson is, is really also a belief system, that if I believe the system can help me, because back in the day, the CRM was viewed as, you know, a big brother machine, where today it's really something to augment your ability to be more effective when it comes to selling. And just that shift itself will want people, you know, want salespeople to want to actually put more data in the system. One of the uh, things I'm always interested in is, you know, you're looking at all this data, this massive amount of data from all these different companies and the size. I mean, you're talking global companies here, right? You right. know, what are some of the insights in selling or closing deals that you've been able to extract from, you know, some of these deals? Like, you know, just aha moments for you. Like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple of the insights, for example, and some of the guidance that we provide, um, we're looking at things like how long is a deal that's being sold to a certain kind of industry by a certain salespeople in a certain geographical region and the company's certain kind of size. I mean, literally thousands of iterations about the deal. And mm -hmm. we look at how long does it go through each of the sales stages? How long 
or how much does it get delayed in a particular stage? And where does that create a correlation to be able to say to the rep, okay, this deal has been in stage three too long if you want to get this closed. As you move it to your stage four, you have to get that move through stage four in 33 days or less, and that'll improve your probability of getting the deal. So when you get that kind of guidance, you now have something that that's actionable. When you look at um, uh, when you look at dollar values of deals, as dollar values of deals, again, based on what's being sold, what product to what company and what industry, et cetera, it looks at how do those dollar ranges fluctuate? Do they go up? Do they go down? They stay consistent. Where in the sales cycle are they going, going up or going down? And again, it provides insights and guidance as to how you should adjust your selling approach in that area. It looks at things like who in the in the power base or decision cycle are you are you speaking with? What does that look like? So it's literally looking at every single data element that's in every opportunity within your CRM. So that's an important thing to think about that. What our, our AI does is it goes and takes a snapshot every, let's call it five minutes of every data element of every opportunity and then applies our algorithms constantly in order to be able to come back and say, here's the guidance, here's the score of the deals, here's what the forecast is gonna be. So it really manages this data extremely tightly. Yeah, it seems from what you're describing that your system, you know, the way it has to slice and dice the information is very flexible. Even if you have a very complex, I guess, organization and process, that seems to be one of Avizo's major unique selling proposition. True statement? True statement. True statement. You know, I often say to clients, your data knows if the deals are getting done or not. Users don't know and you're not looking at the data the right way. With Avizo, you end up knowing what your data knows. So when you're selling this to a company, and I'm, I'm going to start winding up here, winding down rather, the when you're selling this to a company, you know, what does a company need to do or have to be prepared to work with a company like yours? In other words, what type of staffing do they need? Do they need like, you know, 20 quants, you know, data <laughs> scientists? What do they need? Yeah, yeah. They, they actually, they, they need nothing in addition to what they have today. They don't need any data scientists. They don't need any data analysts. They don't need any of that. So here's basically how an implementation goes. We get access to their Salesforce instance or their CRM instance, whether it's Microsoft Dynamics or Oracle, whichever. And we get an access point. And what we do is we go and extract two years of history of every data element of every opportunity that was one lost and pushed. We put that into our time series database and we apply our algorithms to that in order to come up with what we call correlation patterns for these deals for just to simplify it. We create these correlation patterns. And then when you go live, we're taking a snapshot every five minutes of every data element of every opportunity, applying those same algorithms and correlation patterns. So really what you're doing, if you're a user of Avizo, you're a sales operations person, you're looking at our dashboards and our reporting and our insights. If you're a salesperson and AE, you're looking at the same thing. If you're a manager, you're looking at the forecast grids, you're looking at the deal reviews, you're looking at the, the deal maps, right? You're, there is no need for a quant, no need for an AI person, no need for any additional IT people. And we're typically live and running 60 days. Some are more complex. It takes 90 days. Some are very much quicker, 30 days. So this is not a heavy lift of a long implementation. So we actually run, we run free pilots to prove out to companies to say, you give us one quarter and we will show you the, the difference. We're doing that right now with MicroStrategy. MicroStrategy, um, you know, it was a long sales cycle we had with them. They're great people, just had a lot of distractions. They gave us one quarter and they are loving us. Josh's opportunity 
and uh, they are loving it. They give us one quarter, we prove it out, and and that that makes everybody believers. Wow, I love that summary. Can you give me an idea or an estimate of you know how does a visa shorten the sales cycle for some of these companies? You know, what have you seen? Yeah, you know, the combination of deal selection and then better execution. So, you know, the first thing is, as we all know, you can spend forever on a deal and never get it because, you know, it's just a bad deal. We pinpoint that very quickly so that sales reps, AEs and managers can, can you know, decide to pursue or not pursue much more quickly. So that's one way. And then again, when you're looking at all the insights and all the information that we're providing about a deal and the guidance on those deals, that streamlines the process. <clears throat> you're basically getting, you know, B and C players get to perform more like A players. When you look at A players and how good they are reading a scenario and making the right decisions and executing well and, you know, challenging prospects when they have to and loving prospects when they have to do that, A players do that innately. Your B and C players, which are most of the players that are out there, they struggle with seeing those things. Mm-hmm. We speed that up for them so they get a that they, they increase their the rate in which they're closing deals. Oh, you know, Stephen, you just hit on something I didn't think about. I, I love what you just said. So talk to me about that just a little more, just a little uh, more below the surface. You got A players who are behaving in certain ways. You got your B C players trying to be that. How does the you know what the A players are doing? Is there any way to drive that? behavioral data towards the B2C players? Well, that's in essence what's being done naturally, right? When, when you know, even A players, when they look at our insights, we just had a room of, of senior execs uh, that we rolled this out to uh, for one of our clients. And, you know, when you got a senior execs that grew up in the sales organization that arguably are, have all been A players, they kind of look at it skeptically when you're starting to roll this out. And then within, you know, 20 minutes of showing them their deals and the insights, they're like, they stand up, they're standing up in front of the screen. They're saying, wow, that's exactly what's going on with this deal. This is exactly what's wrong with that deal. You guys Mm -hmm. are nailing this, right? You know, A players see that. And by enabling the B players to see this more quickly and then give them the guidance as to how they should adjust more quickly, that helps them to be more successful more quickly, right? I mean, that's really how it plays out. So you're in essence, I don't want to say we're going to you know, make your B's and C's A's completely, but we are certainly getting them to behave more because they're seeing insights that maybe your A players get somewhat naturally. Yeah, and, and go back to your statement that if we consider the B players the movable middle, if we can use that analogy, you know, right. maybe we want to shift those into the A players. And I think that's that's fantastic. Uh, any final comments, Stephen? I've taken up a lot of your time. Any final statements about Aviso, the future of AI, sales? What do you see? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think the, the last thing I'll, I'll leave your listeners is, is if you're intrigued, you, you should test it out. I, th- I think that the idea of AI helping sales organizations be more successful, it's growing more and more each day, each week, each month, each year, but there's still a lot of skepticism out there. So my suggestion is before you say I'm a believer, give it a try, allow us to come in and we'll give us one quarter and you'll be amazed at our accuracy. You'll be amazed at the efficiency. You'll be amazed at how we help you close more deals. Love it. Hey, by the way, I got a feature suggestion for your company. I think you should take a Viso and tie it to a lie detector test when you talk to people. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Right. Stephen, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Victor, thank you. I appreciate it.